0: To be able to take it to that next level, that's what I'm excited about.
1: goes over the middle, wide open, across the five. He's in. Touchdown, Houston. Fires underneath. This is intercepted. Back-to-back possessions with picks for this Texans defense. Takeaway number three
0: on the day. Game day is every day. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. <laughs> now, it's Texans All Access.
1: Hello, Texans. Let's let a rip tonight as the roster is never done. But we've gotten a lot closer to the completed product prior to opening day, September 11th, against the Indianapolis Colts. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Johnny, how are you tonight, my friend? We're looking at the list together basically for the first time. We haven't really talked about it. So
2: this is fresh stuff here for everybody. Well, there was one thing we talked about this uh afternoon and we talked about it for a while. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> we did we we weren't really arguing with each other. I think we yeah. were sort of just like letting it out, like talking it out and, and talking it through. Um but Mark, I'll say mm-hmm. after I uh saw the list, I really you know, <laughs> there would be times okay, this is a inside baseball thing, but there's certain pra- there are training camp practices and then there are Regular season practices. And the way that the regular season practices go, there's about a 10-minute stretching period and a 20-minute special teams period. That's 30 minutes in which not a lot is going on that we can actually write about or talk about. And so sometimes my mind wanders. Sometimes Mark Vandermeer just doesn't even go out for that that part in practice. But I do 53-man rosters at yep. that point. And so the last time we had a practice, I can't remember what that was, <laughs> but I did the 53-man roster roster. And I was off on two. Welcome back. We got a you know a little hiccup in the system. It's you know look if you spent years at my former radio station, you know how it goes. You just got to come back when you can uh, when you can come back. But as I was saying, fifty three man roster was I, I don't want to say it was you know identified, but it's one of the things that Nick Casario loves to talk about, and that is the roster will reveal itself to you. I felt like this year was. It, this year was that year. This year was the year in which it really just revealed itself. All right. With the one exception of Marlon Mack, as Mark Vandermeer joins me back in. And Mark, I was just saying about Nick Casario, the one thing he likes to say to us is that the roster reveals itself. And I yeah, started using I, I, that, that kind of phraseology that, that Nick uses – I think we kind of, I don't know, we laugh at it a little bit. We chuckle at it a little bit because of the way that he says it. But it really is true. I felt like this roster this year probably revealed itself more so than any roster of any other year. Like just watching kind of see things evolve and you're like, okay, I got a feeling I know what this 53 is going to be as we get into a cutdown day. And that's where we are right now. All right, let's get to some of the headlines here. Quarterbacks, you have two of them. Jeff Driscoll did
1: not make the initial 53, and we'll see how that shapes up moving forward. But you have two quarterbacks on this roster, Davis Mills and Kyle Allen. Johnny, let's get right to the running backs here. You mentioned Marlon Mack. So you're going to go with Damian Pierce, the rookie from Florida. Rex Burkhead is still around, the 10-year veteran from Nebraska. And he'll be a third down back. He's a sub back. He's a guy who can help your squad. Royce Freeman still on the roster. And here is, I'm not going to call it a shocker at all. We love the way he played in the preseason. Dari Ogunbowale, good special teams player, looked good running with the football in the preseason games. And I think the... The big – I'm not going to call it an upset at all. I think it's a really good thing, and I know you agree, that the rookie from Central Michigan – we need some Chippewa blood here. Troy Harrison, the fullback who hits the snot out of people, 5'11", 245, and you saw him – in the eye with Pierce on that initial drive in the victory over the 49ers. Hairston makes the squad, and that is a beautiful thing. You are going to go smash math. Lovey wants to be physical. Lovey wants to assert the physicality of his offense and offensive line and all of that. You got Hairston and Pierce behind this line. They're going to have some fun running out of the eye and whatever other formations Pep Hamilton comes up with.
2: Mark, who – well, this is kind of hard because fullbacks have sort of you know died away but one of the best fullbacks that's ever played this game was a guy that signed with the Patriots and played with the Patriots for its entire career. And he didn't play every play, but he was instrumental when the Patriots wanted to go 21 personnel, 22 personnel, and they would want to pound the rock. I remember 2018 in particular, they were struggling throwing Devlin. the ball in 2018. And in the playoffs, they decided, we're going to go 21 personnel. We'll put James Devlin from my university, from my alma mater, from Brown University, We put Devlin at fullback, and we're just going to pound. And they did. James Devlin at Brown University was a defensive lineman edge rusher. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it works all the time to take a defensive edge rusher, but I remember seeing Harrison the first time out at at rookie minicamp, and I just didn't know what they were going to do with him because he's six foot, a shade under six foot, but he's thick. And I thought, that's not the build of somebody that they play at defensive end. So I knew he was going to change position. But I thought they, were, might, they might move him the inside linebacker. Maybe that's the way to go. The next time we saw him, he was in a blue jersey, meaning he was moving over to offense. And I thought, that's brilliant. I want to see that. Because I thought the Texans could have done that with a guy like Dylan Cole. Dylan was stuck behind a lot of linebackers. But Dylan was a great athlete. Dylan would have been a great fullback. It's, a, it's an interesting transition to go from defensive line in college to fullback in the NFL. But if you have the mindset, I'm going to go hit that guy as hard as I possibly can and open a hole that my running back can then follow me through, then you got an opportunity. And that's what Troy Harrison showed. And I saw him going out of the locker room when we were in L.A. And I just looked at him and I said, you can play on my team anytime. And he just kind of chuckled a little bit, but it's true. I'll take that guy all day every day. I was very glad to see Hopefully he stays on the roster and continues to give this team what they've been looking for, and that's a physical presence as he goes to block people on the edge, as he goes to block linebackers on ISO. All those kind of things, uh, Troy Harrison can definitely provide that.
1: You know, if they're very successful running the football this year, they're not going to run out of the eye all the time. Harrison won't be in the game all the time. Pierce will be in the game a lot more than Harrison and Pierce. But this duo is really interesting. The, the energy is infectious these guys play with a lot of juice it's going to be fun to watch now there are five running backs including the fullback Harrison so Quessenberry didn't make it you know that Janovich was uh shown the door last week or whatever it was yep. and we'll see what happens with those guys but five running backs including the fullback if you told me that Mac wouldn't be among five if they kept five I'd say really but Remember, this is a fluid situation. And for all we know, Nick Casario is either making a deal for somebody right now. One of these guys will be gone. I can tell you it won't be Pierce for sure. But one of these guys might be gone, or they make room for him somehow. Uh, Another back they acquire, either uh, a waiver claim or a free agent pickup or a trade, whatever. Everything is possible still, so keep that in mind. This is an initial, they got to get down to 53 at 3 o'clock kind of roster. Johnny, let's go to receivers here, as there are only four. I say only because that's a pretty low number for an NFL team. It's happened here before, but... We'll see. I mean, you get the feeling an acquisition is coming here. And, again, when I say five running backs, that would mean you'd have to – it's musical chairs or you have to subtract one to add another. But the receivers are, as you can well imagine, Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins, Philip Dorsett, who we really like. He's got to stay healthy, but when he's healthy, he makes plays. And Chris Moore caught the touchdown against the 49ers. He's looked good in camp. If you've been watching camp practices, Moore has definitely improved from a year ago. He's a six-year veteran, but he's headed in the right direction. Uh, There's still some upside for him there, despite being in the league for a few years. So that's good. But again, we'll see. No Chris Conley on the roster. That's a little bit of a surprise. We'll see what happens with the practice squad with Johnny Johnson and Jalen Camp, who aren't on the 53. Uh, But there's a lot to chew
2: on here, Johnny, as you look at these four wideouts. Yeah, no doubt. The fact, first of all, just four. The fact that you have four. And the, the first thought is, man. You know, you're going to play three receivers at at some point, right? So, boy, that doesn't give you a whole heck of a lot from a depth perspective. But then step back and realize you have some guys at running back that can catch the ball in the backfield. They kind of act as slot receivers. And Brevin Jordan is probably more receiver than he is tight end. So you keep Brevin Jordan. Well, you're going to keep Brevin Jordan anyways. But you have Brevin Jordan. And he kind of becomes, like, the fifth member. He kind of becomes Tito of the Jackson 5, you know. Um, <laughs> he can be that fifth member of the t- of the wide receiver group just as much as he can be the second or third member of the tight end group. So you have that. And plus, what we saw at training camp, and, and we don't know how much Pep is going to – you know, Pep could go out there the first game of the year, and he could just go five wide somehow with the four wide outs he's got and Brevin and just sling it if he wanted to. I don't <laughs> expect him to do that, but he could – But what we saw at training camp was a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of two tight ends on the field, a lot of 22 personnel, a lot of two tight ends on the field. There were even times where there were three tight ends on the field. So they're going to use the tight ends. Uh, And that, I thought, was another one of the stories, the fact that Mason Shrek and Seth Green were released. Now, they can come back in the practice squad, but they were released, which tells me, A, Farrah Brown hopefully is closer to coming back and being being well. And that also means to me that Tegan Quatoriano – will seemingly be closer to a hundred percent. I know he's been kind of banged up throughout training camp, kind of in and out at times. So that tells me maybe they feel better about how Teagan's feeling and maybe he can come along at a, at a solid rate to provide uh, some play next to Farrell Brown and Brevin Jordan.
1: Yeah. I saw a tweet that Teagan was going to be headed for short-term IR. I think it was Aaron Wilson or one of those guys, but, Interesting. We'll see how they play that because he's on this roster right now. And Anthony O'Clair not around. Look, he was banged up, wanted to see him get healthy. You know they like him, but it is what it is, right? There could be a deal in the works. They made a trade for Shaheen in the training camp period, right. but that was called back, as we all know, because of failing the physical, like you said. So we'll see where it goes. Offensive line, and I know offensive line talk is so exciting on Sports Talk Radio, <laughs> but it should be because. Kenyon Green making a lot of noise nationally after knocking some people around in the preseason finale against San Francisco. That was good, the rookie from Aggie Land. Uh, so obviously, you have Kenyon, you have Laramie, you have Titus, you have Justin Britt. You still have A.J. Kan, of course, from the Jaguars. And Charlie Heck as a swing tackle. Austin Deculus makes it, the rookie from LSU. Very nice. Scott Quessenberry is your backup center. We saw plenty of him. And Justin McCray can play center as well. You have nine O-linemen here. Johnny, I don't think there are any real surprises here based on what you had in camp. Again, maybe another pickup is on the way and an exchange, if you will, a swap. But this is what you've got right now, these nine O-linemen.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any any surprises uh, from, from the O-line at all. Um, you know, there was, you know, people saw Max Sharping's name go up, and, you know, I don't think Max has had the training camp that he probably wanted to have or that he thought he could have. Um, you know, Cedric Boy, he was a guy that was brought in because he had experience with George Warhop. But I think what you saw from Austin Deculus out on the edge was promising, very promising, whether he's a rookie or not. And Charlie Heck continues to improve. Uh, and you're not going to keep five tackles. And so, obviously, somebody becomes expendable, and that ends up being set away out um, at tackle. But 9 alignments about right. I think last year it was 7. It was 7 last year, which I thought, oh, boy, 7. Um, I don't know how much I love having 7. 9 I feel better about because the 9 you look at and think, yeah, like I said, the roster revealed itself. And, yeah. you know, a guy like Justin McRae, how vital he can be, being a center and a guard. Paul Quisen, uh, excuse me, uh, Scott Quisenberry can play both center and guard. Um, Austin Deculus can play left and right tackle. Charlie can play left and right tackle. So you've got some, some roster flexibility there with your offensive line. But if you said, hey, they're keeping nine, these would have been the exact nine I would have picked. These are the nine that have looked probably the best uh, throughout training camp and on to the preseason.
1: And it's sad about Max Sharping, second-round pick from 2019, that he couldn't make this roster, that he couldn't continue his career here. Showed a lot of promises. Rookie year, it just didn't hold and go up the way you wanted it to. And maybe he gets another opportunity somewhere else and shines or maybe here. Who knows? I mean, it doesn't mean it's the end, but it's too bad that it didn't happen here for him. Also too bad, in the too bad department as we flip to the defense here, Uh, There's some really good news on this defensive line, and we'll get to it. But Ross Blacklock reportedly traded today. Uh, You you read those reports and heard them earlier. Ross Blacklock going to Minnesota, uh, no longer part of this franchise. We all know he was the 40th pick in that 2020 draft. We know how they got the pick, and I'm sure they went over that material very well today. But you could see it happening because they got so deep here. This is what you call, in a way, a luxury problem. We can't hang on to the guy we took in the second round of 2020 because there's a lot of talent here, and they need to play in front of him. And you can't keep everybody, so they made that move. So it's a good news, bad news kind of thing, and it's too bad Ross because he's a Texan. He's a local guy. You wanted to see him make it. It just didn't work out. Uh, You know, you got Ross Blacklock. On another team right now, and another TCU yeah. guy came in in the off-season. That would be Jerry Hughes, the 13-year veteran, and obviously he's on this roster. Obo Okoronkwo is on the 53, and he was banged up a little bit last week, so you would project that he should be okay. Uh, not an IR situation, but you never know. Again, things can change. Uh, But, Johnny, when you look at this, they kept 10 defensive linemen. You and I were talking about it. Would it be 9 or 10? You know, Lovey loves these D linemen, loves to rotate them in in and out. And one thing I know, Nick Casario, by the way, is going to join us 24 hours from now. 6 o'clock tomorrow night, Nick Casario will join us. It'll be on 610 the next morning. But I know one thing he's going to say is the coaches know that it's really a number of 46, not 53. They're looking at who they can take to the game on Sunday. Uh, You Will have an inactive list, and yeah, you want to be able to draw from that when you need it. But they're looking at who's playing. Well, not everybody's going to be active in this D line group of ten. But man, oh man, do they look deep, deeper than last year. And
2: last year's group made plays, so that's a good thing. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, we we you, <laughs> I asked you, and Andre, during the game against the Niners, I challenged you to come up with nine, and. I felt pretty confident I could get to 10. Like, I felt good. Like, okay, these would be the 10 I would come up with. But getting to 9, I'm like, oh, boy. Because now at 9, I'm thinking, well, um, I know that Hughes, Lopez, Malik, John, Oboe, Mario, Rasheem, Booker, because he's a rookie. Those guys are pretty you know, pretty locked in. But are you going to force me to choose between Heinish I and Boom 4? I mean, I would pick Heinish but man 4 has been really really good but the fact you kept 10 i think speaks to yeah. where how much dwumfor's improved and the type of player that heinish is is growing into i mean the fact that you have a second year guy in Dwum 4, you have a rookie in booker and a rookie in heinish that you feel like you could put on the field against indianapolis in week 1 and they could go hold their own i mean that's a it's a big feather in your cap to let them Uh, You say draft and develop. I mean, Dwampore, you wouldn't say draft and develop, but he got here last year as a rookie. So they've essentially developed him over the last couple of years. Heinisch, not drafted, but signed here and developing here. And then, of course, Thomas Booker drafted and hopefully going to develop here for a long time. But to see youth on a defensive line that could also step up, there's not this gap between here are your front four and here's your other five. This is a group that has seemingly depth that when the first – group comes out or whatever combinations you come up with you don't drop off when you go to any one of the young guys that can go in the game
1: yeah look kurt heinish this is an interesting story from our point of view and everyone who listens to texans radio because otas we saw heinish out there and it wasn't like last year when we saw roy lopez when you and i saw roy lopez at otas we were thinking that guy looks like he's going to be very interesting. You know, just yes. on the hoof, as you would say, right? Yes, uh, on the 6'2", 320, tree trunk legs. Let's yep. just see how he can play, though. Heinisch didn't quite have that physically imposing presence or the same kind. He's only 6'2", 300 pounds, my gosh. <laughs> but anyway, Roy Lopez mentioned him by name in the interview we did with Roy. Right at the end of minicamp, or right around minicamp, right? We interviewed yep. Roy Lopez, and he's talked about Heinish a little bit. We were like, "All right, we'll see what happens. I'm drafted rookie, whatever." Anyway, Heinisch makes this team now, and he was impossible not to notice during camp, and then in the preseason games, and last one especially. So the rookie from Notre Dame is on this squad, and this is the NFL, baby. Rookies come in, and if you're not ready to hold your own, you're going to be on the outside looking in. And looking at a guy like an undrafted free agent taking your spot, here is Kurt Heinisch, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be fun to watch. Now, you do have ten defensive linemen. You do have eight linebackers, Johnny. And this is where it gets interesting. If you do pick up another receiver, where is the spot, the vacancy going to be created? Is it with the linebacker group? You have eight linebackers. Uh, you have 27 defensive players. That's a pretty healthy yep. number right there. So we'll see. But the linebackers are, right now anyway, Christian Harris is on the 53. Johnny, that's as good a development as you can imagine right, right. now. You right. know, We thought maybe IR. We'll see. I mean, everything's still possible, I guess, but IR. Uh, but Christian Harris is on the 53. Jake Hansen. Yes. The undrafted rookie from Illinois, Lovey Smith product, Jake Hanson, who played well in the preseason games. He's on this 53. Obviously, Kamu, Blake Cashman. There was no doubt about it when we started watching training camp practice in these preseason games that he was going to make it. Christian Kirksey, the OG of this group, Neville Hewitt. Really good tackler. Jalen Reeves may have been played well in camp and in the preseason games. Wallow's been banged up, but you know they like him an awful lot. Draft choice from last year. And those are your linebackers going into 2022. Now, again, this could change moving into opening week.
0: Yeah,
2: and I think part of it we'll have to potentially do with Christian Harrison. One other thing about the the roster, keep this in mind. There are sometimes, and I'm not going to, I don't know all the reasons why, but if you remember last year, remember the Texans had to "quote unquote" release John Weeks, and then they turned right around and, and brought yeah. him back. Yeah, that could happen for yeah. a veteran. We, we don't know, um, but I remember when that happened it, almost immediately because people were like, "Well, Weeks is the best snapper," in which he is. But then you find out, okay, it's a procedural thing that they got to go through. Weeks he's coming back; it's going to be all good. But you just got to go go through this mechanism. You mentioned Christian Harris. I'm I'm very curious where he is in his um, in his return, because he's been out for uh, what, probably a couple weeks, maybe two 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 and a half weeks. In the beginning of camp, boy, he was excellent. I mean, excellent. You're watching him going, okay, well, the future's right there. 48's the future. 32 is making some plays. That's Garrett Wallow. That's the future. Boy, they're going to have a pretty stout linebacker crew. Then Christian Harris goes down, and then you've got uh, Garrett Wallow who went down. And you don't get a chance to see those guys in the preseason games, and those guys would have shined in those preseason games. But it opened up the door for Blake Cashman to come on in and show what he could do. However, I do feel like if there is a waiver claim, a trade, a player acquisition of some sort, I don't think you can keep eight linebackers. I don't think you can keep them unless one can play corner. Because I'm looking at corner thinking, there are, if my math is right, I see three corners of the guys that actually play corner and play corner alone. Now, Desmond yeah, King yeah. can go over there and play corner, so you've got that. But I would think if you're going to if you're going to add somewhere, linebacker might be the spot. And ultimately you might go to the D-line and think, "Boy, these guys can all contribute. Linebackers can all contribute on special teams, so maybe we do keep 8." I don't I just I don't see that happening, but that's a pretty I mean, we said it all along. D-line linebackers were the most impressive groups that we saw during training camp. So if a player is added, that might be the group, and and maybe it's the rookie Hanson that you could try and bring back on practice squad. I don't know, but Jake Hanson can do some things now. And if somebody's going to know what that guy can do when he's healthy, it's Lovey Smith. In the two years, the last yeah. two years under Lovey Smith at Illinois, Jake Hanson led the nation in those two years combined takeaways in nineteen and twenty. That dude can ball, and when he's healthy. He can really ball, but it's just a matter of he's a rookie amongst a group with some veterans and then some young dudes that have been banged up. So we'll see how that that comes to fruition. But that front seven has been as deep as we've seen it in quite some time. With
1: the defensive backs, obviously Steven Nelson, Derek Stingley Jr., those are your corners, Petrie and J.O., the safeties. You have Desmond King as a nickel. You know, Tavier Thomas is on this 53, and I'll be curious to see what they do with him. He's a little nicked up. And Eric Murray still on the squad. You and I were a little surprised that Terrence Brooks uh, did not make it onto this, but we'll see how they play him moving forward. M.J. Stewart also on the 53 of safety. But you're right. There's not a lot of depth there at corner. You would expect that they might go looking there, and they'll have to make a spot available. So as we read these names, you've got to keep that in mind. Nick would be the first to say, again, Nick Casario, tomorrow, 6 o'clock, right here. He'll be the first to say, it's fluid, baby. It is never done. (laughs) We just had to get to a number by 3 o'clock today, and then we are going to take it from there. And that is absolutely the case. I don't have to remind everybody what happened on Labor Day three years ago, Labor Day weekend, when, I mean, the (laughs) roster just got rocked. (laughs) I mean, Laramie, (laughs) Carlos Hyde, the team looked very different. Kenny Stills, looked very different going into opening week at New Orleans that year. I'm not saying something like that's going to happen this year, but you never know what these guys have up their sleeve. And the specialists, of course, Kaimi Fairbairn, Cameron Johnston, and John Weeks. I have to mention Weeks because the 12-year vet, the longest-tenured Texan, he's seen some things, okay? Yep. He's seen some regimes. <laughs> he's seen some success, some eh, seasons that weren't so successful. He's seen an awful lot here, and he's back for another run. All right. When we get back, we'll talk about some of the nuances, especially on offense here. What is this going to look like? This could be a whole lot of fun. We know about the defense. We know takeaway sacks. We know the number 20 of combined sacks and takeaways in the preseason. What about on offense, the way this thing's shaping up as we have it right now? It's Texans Radio.
0: More Texans Radio is on the way. Texas Children's Hospital is proud to be the official Children's Hospital of the Houston Texans and local sponsor of Play 60. Getting kids moving for just 60 minutes a day can improve bone health, fitness, brain function, attention, and academic performance. Join us in our commitment to the Houston Texans and Play 60. Because at Texas Children's Hospital, everything we do is to ensure your family's future is a healthier one. One, one, one. Texans radio. The drive continues. All right, Mark Vandermeer, and John Harris with
1: you. Roster day, three o'clock. They had to get down to 53 and that's all that is. All right. They're going to make some other moves. Nothing is final. There's no final in this league. It's like a Houston highway, always <laughs> under construction. There's no finishing this thing. <laughs> you know, this lane is done. Hey, guess what? Now we're working on this ramp over here, and that's just an NFL roster. It's always going to be worked on. But it is a pretty big day because they had to wave a lot of guys, release a lot of guys. The waived guys passed through a different process of waivers. I'm not going to explain it all right now. Just trust me. They're not with the team. They could come back in the practice squad. That's how that goes. They have not announced a practice squad yet. I haven't seen any reports on any signings on the practice squad because the waived guys have to pass through waivers. See, that would make sense. Anyway, Johnny Shaquille Leonard Past his physical reportedly, that's great. And by great, I mean that's too bad for the Texans. Uh, it's good for Shaquille Leonard. I still encourage him to uh, sit out the year just for safety purposes. I think well,
2: here's the thing here. it's going to be that game is going to be the first time he will have had pads on since January 11th. It'll be nine months since he's hit anybody. So, you know, there's going to be some rust. Uh, there's going to be some over aggression, him trying to do too much. If he plays, let's keep that in mind, too. If he plays. They've been targeting week one all along for Shaquille Leonard to come back. Will he be ready to go? If he is, great. Let's go. Let's hammer. Let's dance. Kenny Green, Justin Britt, AJ Can. you got to handle DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, and make sure somebody gets a hat on 53. Because 53, running the football, he's going to be punching, he's going to be stripping, he's going to be pulling it out. you got to frustrate 53 all day long. Your goal should be no dancing. None of that maniac stuff. Hit him right in the mouth. Or make him run around you. He's 215 pounds, and he's going to be playing his first football in nine months. So make him pay. I've done kind of a 180 on that, Mark. I kind of want him to play. I kind of want him to play. Really? Because You're just talking yourself into it. Well, yes and no. First of all, you kind of have to. But secondly, secondly, like I said, he could have some serious rust as he's out there in the field. I mean, when you – in practice and training camp, it's a little different deal. Now, he's played a lot of football. He can get back up to speed relatively quickly. But sometimes that's not happening in in, in week one. I mean, think back to the the players that we have had over the years, high-profile players that have been out for a while and then had to come back in week one or came back in week one. I don't remember any of them that you went, oh, yeah, that dude's back. It was like, no, it's kind of a slow burn. Just kind of stay with me here because it'll get better. Interesting. That's the way I kind of look at this with him. He's going to be a little bit – he's not going to be himself right away. And I'll take that in week one. All right, so
1: let's do a little more likely to happen. sort of a a muted-down version, but related to the roster, okay? Okay. With these running backs and fullbacks, meaning one fullback – I'm just looking at the positional roster here. It says fullbacks. uh, but. They know what we mean, and we know what they mean. Troy Hairston is your fullback. We talked about him in the opening segment. Undrafted rookie from Central Michigan. So you could have two rookies lining up in the eye. Damian Pierce, obviously, Mm -hmm. the tailback. Your other backs, Royce Freeman, Rex Burkhead, Dare Ogunbowale. Johnny, more likely to happen. Burkhead to be second in carries on this team or somebody else. More likely to happen. What do you think? Second in carries. Obviously, a healthy Pierce. You would assume is going to get the bulk of the carries. I think I'm very safe to say that.
2: Yeah, I think uh, th- that's the one thing. And I, you know, you and I talked about this. And I, as I, um, you know, drove and thought, and drove and thought, and thought more about it. And I don't think anybody really understood how good Damian Pierce was going to be and i think had they known that maybe there was a maybe there was a little different approach like hey man Pierce is really good he is going to be rb1 not in week 10 not in week 9 but in week 1 he's going to be rb1 and maybe had they had they known that maybe there's a different approach maybe they would have looked at it differently maybe not maybe this was what they thought all along as soon as we saw Damian Pierce we realized okay it didn't take long. It didn't even take us seeing him in that game against the Saints. We already knew this dude is a flat baller. Now, game speed picks up. If anybody is going to adapt to it, I think he's going to. Jim Nagy, who is the uh, senior director of the Senior Bowl, he had a tweet earlier today I thought was pretty interesting. Somebody had posted something about Damian Pierce, and he retweeted it and said, You know, when we knew Damian Pierce was going to be great, when on the opening kickoff of the game, his GPS number was the highest number they had measured on a kickoff coverage unit. Ooh. Ooh. And I wrote back and I said, Jim, I said, if Damian Pierce is covering kickoffs for us this year, we're all fired. <laughs> because he's not going to be covering <laughs> kickoffs. That dude's going to be running the rock. But I, what the plan is behind him, I don't know. Um, but I do think they will look at running backs that are out there and, and running backs that are on other rosters. You look at around – I just picked up the AFC East. I just started looking at – I started with the AFC East. Haven't gone through all of them. But Alexander Madison from the Vikings, his name has been out there. But you look at players that haven't been let go or released, and you're like, man, Miles Gaskin in Miami was a starter for them. He's number three on the depth chart right now. That's a guy that had a lot of carries. He carried it against us. He didn't have a ton, but he had some really nice key runs at times against us last year. You have Zach Moss, who's third in Buffalo. They just drafted a second rounder last year in James or this past year and James Cook to go with Devin Singletary. Are is that the type of player that ends up in Houston? Maybe one that Nick's gotta make a move for, as opposed to, hey, we're gonna go to the waiver wire and claim this guy. Running back's just a really interesting position to evaluate because you know you it, can- it feels like it feels like old guys kind of get shoved to the side. But you want to have one in your room, right? You want to have a vet like Rex Burkhead in your room because he's seen it all, done it all. you know. So you get some young legs to go in with some vets, and you mix it together, and you hopefully it's a running back booyah base that gets you something this year. I mean, I
1: have no problem at all with that. A 10-year veteran on the team, a true team leader. Look, when you think about it, Johnny, if you don't have Burkhead on the team, your leaders on offense, Brandon Cooks and, Stop me as far. I'm not saying, you know, Davis Mills, not a leader, but he's right, a second right. year quarterback. Right. Right. You need elder statesmen on the team and you probably need more than cooks to get that job done. Uh, so that's a good thing to have Rex Burkhead around. And look, I'm wondering here when you dress people. All right. You get to the 46 on game day. Is Freeman down or is it a Is it a down? And that'll be interesting to see how they handle that part of it, because special teams obviously are going to factor a great deal into it. Let's talk tight ends here for a moment because your three right now are Brevin, Jordan, Tegan, Couturiano, and Farrell Brown. Uh Now, we know that Tegan had an issue injury-wise, so we'll see where that goes, if that affects his status for week one, how much. Uh, But I'm wondering, a healthy TQ and a healthy Farrell, I think is going to catch some passes this year if he's healthy. And it's going to be interesting to see how they use him and Farrar. You know they want to use them both at the same time. They might use all three of these guys, right, and really go smash mouth. And we'll see. Because, you know, Brevin's going to lead them in catches. But it'll be interesting to find out how they factor those two, the other two tight ends, into the offensive equation and if they pick up somebody else. Because, again, when you have 23 offensive players on the 53, 27 defensive players, defensive players, you're looking at, there's some availability here. They're going to pull a slot out and put a player in there and probably on the offensive side of the ball though. We did talk about some defensive possibilities like corner.
2: And you don't it doesn't have to to balance. With so the 53 man roster, you don't have to have 25 25 and 3. I mean, you can you just you go with Right. Uh, what it just your feels best like roster like lot, though. Right, exactly. But yeah, 27 yeah. I it, it typically works out where it's 26 24 or 25 25. You, you very rarely get to twenty three twenty seven, but, again, as as Nick will tell you, the, the rosters like, and for those accountants out there like me, they'll tell you hey, it's like a balance sheet. A balance sheet is a snapshot in time. This is the 53-man roster today, but what will it be tomorrow? What will be the day after that? What will be the day after that? Every single balance sheet looks different. It's always as of. Well, that's the 53-man roster, as of. So when I look, and I don't know if we're doing this on social or not, but I've seen teams that are like, here are the pictures of the guys on the 53-man roster, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. why don't you just show who's not part of it right now because that thing changes so often uh. that why do you go about and do it? Either way. Anyways, that's just, maybe that's just me. But with tight ends, Tegan's the, obviously the key with is he going to go on short-term IR? What's going to be the deal with Tegan because – if you don't have Teagan, Farrow can hold his own on, on you know as an inline blocker. He can hold his own. But Teagan is a level above both the other tight ends as an inline blocker. And Farrow can do both. He can be a receiving tight end, he can be a blocking tight end. And I like him in that dual role. But if he's got to be the guy at the end of the line of scrimmage and just go into battle, then he becomes less of a weapon in the passing game. And I want him to remain a, a weapon in the passing game. So I don't know how this will go down. If Teagan does go to short-term IR, do they look uh, at an at a, a, a in-line Y that can be physical? I mean, do they play a sixth offensive lineman? I mean, the nice thing about this, Mark, is the fact that we can actually talk about all this now <laughs> because that game is, you know, what, what are we now, 12, yeah, 12 days away? We can talk about it now and start getting ready for the Colts, kind of like we talked about the Colts last night in a game preview, kind of a, a weird way of doing it, but we did that last night in some sense.
1: I'm ready to play this weekend. I don't know about them. You know, it's easy for me to say. Just play this weekend. Let's kick off the season Labor Day. You know, John McClain always says, they'll never do it because the ratings are too low. Everybody goes away. Does everybody really go away for Labor Day, ladies and gentlemen? People driving right now, on your way home. Are you really going away this weekend? Some of you are. Some of you are not. If the Texans were on, you'd probably watch. I'm betting Ohio State-Notre Dame on Saturday night gets a killer number. That's just my bet, and we'll see how I do with that prediction. Anyway, (laughs) let's get to some other aspects of the roster. Also, around the league next, what are some of the big things that happened today as teams got down to the 53 at 3 o'clock? It's Texans Radio.
0: Texans Radio continues in a moment. Two is better than one. How many times have you heard that one? More than once, I bet, because it just adds up. For example, there are two, not one, great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron. Number one, unbeatable cleaning power. And number two, or maybe this should be number one, unbeatable mileage. Plus, Chevron puts Tecron in every grade, every gallon of their gasoline. So that's two, no wait, three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Techron. Care for your car. Care for your car. We return to Texans All Access.
1: Busy, busy day. It doesn't stop here. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. We talk football all day. In fact, we should just mic ourselves up all day long so people <laughs> yes. can listen in and, you know, Yeah, do with it what you will. Uh, Texans down to 53 at 3 o'clock today. Uh, The roster, a fluid thing. I can't say that enough for people, but I will tell you this, uh, recapping some things here, two quarterbacks on the roster, Davis Mills, Kyle Allen, Jeff Driscoll not on the roster. We'll see what happens with him because everybody has practice squad eligibility. I mean, I really think that Joe Namath has practice squad eligibility (laughs) in this version of the league right now with 16 players and the veterans having a lot of availability or the squads having a lot of availability for veterans anyway four receivers philip dorsett nico collins brandon cooks chris moore chris conley does not make it Running backs, you have Damian Pierce, Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman, Dare Agunbowale, and Troy Hairston, the fullback rookie from Central Michigan. No Marlon Mack on this roster. And three tight ends, Brevin Jordan, Tegan Couturiano, Faro Brown. Ross Blacklock traded today to the Minnesota Vikings for a six, right, Johnny? They gave a seven and Ross for yes. a six. So they get something out of the deal instead of a cut. And Max Sharping not on this roster either. And those are the big headlines, really. Uh, You mentioned this little thin at corner, according to this roster. There is some flexibility with some of the players on the back end to be able to do that. But you would think they'd go looking for some additions there. 27 defensive players, 23 on offense, and the three specialists. Anything else you want to mention before we go around the league here briefly?
2: No, I think like we said earlier the roster indeed revealed itself to us and the only two that but really it was only one i mean because terrence brooks mj stewart i didn't you know that was one i had the other way but i could see it you know terrence over mj i mean you could see it either way but marlon mack i think is the one that caught people's attention i think what if there's any 99.9 percent guarantee is that 31's taking the first carry (laughs) week one that's about the only thing from there but there's a lot still that needs to be done. Uh, 12, 12 days, uh, 11, uh, 13 days, I don't know what the number is now, to get ready for September 11th in uh, Indianapolis Colts. And we've seen it before. We Like you mentioned 2019. I remember 2014 when Demaris Johnson got picked up off waivers. He started in the slot against the artist formerly known as the Redskins. So this is not all the way to the opposite side. This is not in stone, and it never will be. And you, you're right. You can never remind people enough, hey, the 53-man roster remains fluid, never written in concrete. Yeah. It would be funny if the uh, – because we often compare selecting the 53
1: to the NCAA tournament, you know, the bracketology yeah. stuff. And I tease you about being Dick Vitale, like you have <laughs> 65 players on our 53-man roster and stuff like that. and He would have 75 players in his NCAA tournament projection. But the difference is that'd be cool if the NCAA tournament, you could like lobby and say, this team should be out, you know, make your case after they're selected, debated, cut them. No, they get cut by losing. Anyway, Johnny, today, I don't think there are any real mind bending headlines here from the league. John Gruden spoke, but I don't care about that right now. We're not going to get to that. The mm. Raiders waived Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. Somebody's going to pick him up and take a chance on him. You think he should move to guard. I think you have some company there. Uh, let's see. What else here? I don't see too much else. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, that story broke yesterday, uh, which is a real interesting story. The Texans made Trey Lance look so bad that the 49ers <laughs> kept Jimmy Garoppolo after all.
2: Well, Is that a they- headline? Yeah, I think it's a headline. And then $6.5 million they got his contract down to. But Jimmy in turn got a no-trade clause. So it's not like the 49ers could just go trade him anywhere. Jimmy's got to be able to say, hey, yeah, I'll go there. I mean, for example, not, not to say whether Jimmy would go to Detroit or not, but what happens if Jared Goff goes down? And Detroit's like, we got to make oh, yeah. a move for Garoppolo. Garoppolo's like, Nah, you know what? I don't want to go to Detroit. He's got that opportunity now because he's got that no-trade clause uh, in his contract, which I don't know if he had it before. But I think the Raiders are the story, Mark. The Raiders of the story with Leatherwood, he was a 2021 first rounder. And I don't, I don't blame Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziegler. They're going in with fresh eyes. And if it don't work for them, they just took over. They don't have any skin in the game. They didn't make those draft picks. So here's what the Raiders last – oh, man, listen to this. 2021, they drafted Alex Leatherwood. He's cut. Henry Ruggs, they drafted in the first round of 2020. He unfortunately had DUI and killed somebody. He's cut. 2020, the second first round pick was Damon Arnett. He was cut after a year. The 2019, they had three first-round picks after the Khalil Mack trade. Fifth-year declined, fifth-year declined, fifth-year option declined. It's not been a good run of three years for the Raiders from the draft perspective, for sure. Well, and the fresh eyes
1: thing, you could say that about Nick Casario here with Ross Blacklock and Max Sharping. You know, he gave them a chance, but ultimately he decided, look, and with the help of Levy Smith, I mean, Nick will be the first to tell you the coaches have input in this uh, but they decided to move on move in another direction and take this thing as far as they can take it so we'll see what happens davis mills kyle allen your quarterbacks like i said pierce and hairston Out of the eye formation bludgeoning people. I am here for it. Can't wait. (laughs) September 11th against the Colts, and tickets are available. And the Texans have all sorts of great, interesting ticket packages for you. HoustonTexans.com. Go ahead and click the mobile site, the desktop site, the app. Send smoke signals. We'll get to you. Johnny, thanks a lot. Looking forward to tomorrow. Nick Casario, 6 p.m. right here as we talk to him about this roster and what is to come opening week against the Colts, September 11th. Thank you, Austin, for producing. Have a great night, everyone. Go to the website to find out more about this roster, HoustonTexans.com. Good evening, and go Texans!
0: Stay tuned for more on the Houston Texans and the NFL on Texans All Access. What if your preferred hospital could also be your primary care provider? At Houston Methodist, we go beyond hospital care, offering you everything from flu shots to well-woman exams to managing your weight and cholesterol. And our primary care doctors and specialists are connected all across the city. So whatever the need, wherever you live, we can be there for you. Visit HoustonMethodist.org to find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine.